Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot in days of old lang syne? For old lang syne, my dear, for old lang syne, we'll take a cup of kindness yet. For days of old Lansing. That's what you sing on January the 1st, at least. And indeed, welcome to 2024. Hello, everyone. Last week's show was on Christmas Day. This week's show is on New Year's Day. It is indeed a new year for us all. You're listening to the Big Takeover Show on RealPunkRadio.com with your host, Jack Rabbit. That's me. That's the only thing that's the same about this show as every other week is that I began it by singing a cappella, and I promise I won't be doing that the rest of the show, as is customary. But in every other respect, show number 467 in as many weeks, in as many Mondays, will be totally different from the last 50, and 50 out of every 52, because this is the start of a new year, and what I do here every new year, if you're new to the program, is I begin every year by doing a countdown show today and next week. Part one and part two, where I'm going to count down my 50 favorite albums, all of 2023, in reverse order. And I'm going to throw in my 10 favorite standalone singles and EPs, and my 10 favorite retrospective releases, slash, uh, what do you call it, um, reissues. Although, even in that case, I tend to, to lean towards stuff that's newly released, old recordings that hadn't come out yet or was long buried or whatever. So it's almost like new material. And that's what we're going to do here. I have been your host of this show now every Monday, and I continue to be for the foreseeable future. And I'm always here between about noon until about 2.30 or so. This one might go slightly over the usual time, because today I'm going to play you 36 songs instead of the usual 30. Although I'm also going to talk less, which is probably good for a lot of you folks. If you think I talk too much, there'll be far less factoids and backstories and anecdotes and any of that stuff, because these are all, as is rare for this program, almost every one of these 35 songs you're going to hear today, or 36 rather, will be ones that I played for you at some point in the last year. There's going to be a couple I haven't played for you before heard today. I'll mention when we do get to one of those. But otherwise, a lot of these songs will be familiar to you if you've been listening all year. And some of them I even played like last week and the week before. So we're like, hey, I just heard that one. That's the way it goes, right? So let's just get started. And now that the 1788 Robert Burns uh, moment has passed, we're going to start with uh, 50 to 44 in my countdown. So this first album we're going to hear today was what I thought was the 50th best album of 2023. It was a, a various artists tribute record called Gem Records Celebrates Ray Davies. So after this, we're going to hear one from 49, 48, 47, 46, 45, 44. Then my 10th favorite standalone singular EP, and then my 10th favorite song, uh, song from a newly released old recordings. And then I'll back announce it, and we'll continue on through the rest of the show. So next week, we'll hear 25 to 1 
in the albums and five to one in those other categories. But here is the 50th best record. We're also going to hear a whole bunch of interesting stuff this set. Jonathan Pushkar is the artist of this song. Obviously, it's a Kinks cover since it is a tribute to Ray Davies. And this fabulous song to kick us off today is called I Gotta Move.
seashells under his ground. Come back, Mr. Bones, to the crab shack we call Oh, 
Every morning at five You toss and you turn Belly open your eyes Smile at me and roll over Onto your other side That's when I fall in love Every morning at five When do I fall in love When you walk through the door been gone a few days sometimes a few more this house like a prison comes the home I adore that's when I fall When you walk through the door
to the city of sin. The tour guide took a handful of bribes, and the mayor ushered us in. We go on my pilot sky ride to the mama and baby cracking old. Roll another bank, no baby, and I'll let you win one at all. I say. Counting down my picks from last year, my one song each from my favorite albums. Again, we don't need to have a big, long argument about it or debate. It doesn't mean much. It's just one person's opinion, one person's uh, barely contested anything. It's just, you know, records I really, really liked. I didn't spend endless hours compiling this list either. I just wrote down over the years, over the year rather, the records I was listening to, the records I reviewed, the records I played for you on this program. It's fairly easy to compile in that sense. I don't obsess about it. Uh, hopefully the purpose of this show is not to you know, push my opinions in anyone's faces, just to share some great music. And I hope you're receiving it in that spirit, including that last fabulous song. I thought it was great. A little bit of reggae rock there from the late Joe Strummer, not that long before he died from uh, 2002 that was Get Down Moses from a new record that came out this year called Live at Acton Town Hall, recorded 21 years ago. It was one of those great record store day releases. You can say what you want about that idea. I think it's a good idea because one of the things it does is encourages people to go through the vaults and release great, great, great recordings like that that probably should have been released long ago. I mean, yes, the guy's been dead for over 20 years, but uh, um, I would have said even if Joe had lived... Even if he was still with us, that would have been a live record well worth releasing long ago, just because it's good. That was my... uh, Let me see here. Sorry. I have written down this correctly. That was my 10th favorite uh, retrospective album of the year. Again, I I highly value the ones that I didn't spend the last, you know, some odd decades listening to. Like most people, I never heard that until this year. Unless you were a gigantic Joe Strummer family friend or something, I'm not sure where you would have heard that. I don't remember hearing a bootleg of it. Maybe it was on YouTube and I missed it. An excellent release there for sure. Likewise, this single before that was Death Cab for Cutie. They didn't put out 
a, a proper album this year. They did have an album of acoustic versions of last year's album, Asphalt Meadows. So it's like Asphalt Meadows acoustic. A stopgap record, not a proper album. But they did release this single that has no connection to Asphalt Meadows. It's called An Arrow in the Wall. Uh, their only proper release this year after that 10th album last year over, I guess it was about 27 years they've been a band. As a result, it kind of uh, disappeared under a lot of people's radar. You know, just a standalone single isn't going to generate a ton of buzz these days, but I thought it was really good. Highly worth spotlighting in that spot. So yes, 10th favorite of those two. Whereas Furious Seasons before that was a long-standing Los Angeles outfit that these days is doing kind of interesting folk pop music. My 44th favorite album of the year, uh, this year, this past year, was called Every Morning at Five, and that was the title track there from David Steinhardt and his friends, including his brother. So there's two Steinharts in that group, and uh, they do great work for sure. Not much more need to be said. I think it's a very moving little tune. Bobby Sutliff is another person, like Joe Strummer, who's not with us. Uh, he died a year and about mm, five months ago, four months ago. In fact, August 29th, 2002, it says here in my notes. And he recorded a final album before he did pass between 2016 and 2022. And my acquaintance Ron Sanchez of Career Records very lovingly put that together as his final album as well. As should be, it was right and proper that he did that. It was really good that he did that. The album was called Bob Sings and Plays. And the former Windbreakers leader gave us Come On Home from that record, my 45th favorite album of the year. My 46th favorite album of the year was Kristen Hirsch. Her most recent album is called Clear Pond Road. Nothing against her excellent band records with Throwing Muses, 50-Foot Wave, what have you, but uh, I really kind of... Gravitate Towards Her Solo Records is my favorite records. And from that we heard Ms. Ha Ha. Very, very stark her voice against so little backing. Savage Republic before that came out with a live album this year, and it wasn't from many, many years ago, which is why it's not in my list of favorite retrospective albums. It was recorded in 2023 in Poland, and the album is called Live in Rocklaw. We heard Mobilization, a song I first heard, let's see, about 42 years ago. They still completely nail that with the modern lineup they have with Tom Furman and Ethan Port from old days, joined these days by Alan Waddington and Carrie Dowling. So it's an excellent release for sure. Speaking of veteran talent, uh, Jay Robbins is another guy who goes back to the early 80s from his days in Government Issue and then uh, Jawbox. But these days, he's got a really excellent solo record about to come out early this year. And last year, he ended up on my list because he was my favorite song on my 48th favorite album of the year, which was another tribute record to the late Pierre Kesdi, an old friend of mine. Most of it was Naked Ray Gun covers. It was called Godspeed, a tribute to Pierre Kesdi. And that wasn't indeed a Naked Ray Gun song Jay Robbins was doing there called Got Hurt. A song that actually predated Pierre's tenure, written by Santiago Durango before he ended up in Big Black. He was only on the very, very early Naked Raygun days when Jeff Pizzotti was joined by his friend, uh, his brother, rather, Marco Pizzotti. Very early lineup, a couple other folks. Basement Screams, Naked Raygun EP era back in 1982. So that was a really great choice there uh, by Jay Robbins. Uh, Naked Raygun were massive fans of the. J. Robbins-era government issue and vice versa, so that made perfect sense to me. 
Some of the other acts on the um, tribute include Hot Water Music and Face to Face, Bo Weevil's Peg Boy, which is other folks from Naked Reagan and the Brookdowns. Successful Failures was my 49th favorite record of the year, so before Jay Robbins' version of Got Hurt, we heard New City from the Wrong Together album. Just another terrific record from Mick Chorba and his New Jersey bunch. <coughs> Excuse me. I've been getting over cold all week, so I'm glad I've got most of my voice back. And Mick is a really talented guy. He lives in New Jersey with his band down by uh, Philadelphia, that end of New Jersey. And they every time they put out an album, it's just wonderful start to finish. And we started that set with Jonathan Pushcart. Um, Jonathan Pushcart gave us I Gotta Move from various Gem Records celebrates Ray Davies. So two tribute albums. There in that set, the only ones that made my top 50 this year. I'm not always that gigantic on tribute records, but some of them are really, really good, like that one. Some other folks that covered that song included, uh, let's see, Richard Hell and the Voidoids, Plan 9, Psychotic Youth, The Head Coatees, and a few others. So other people have seen what Jonathan Pushkar saw in that, saw in that song, but they did such a great version of it. It's typical, that whole record. Well, let's carry on. You are listening to The Big Takeover Show on realpunkradio.com. I am your host, Jack Rabbit. It's absolute, it's absolutely a pleasure and a privilege to be here every Monday. I'm so glad that you folks <laughs> let me do this. And I'm not kidding when I say that because we have reached that part of the show that we do every Monday at this time where I thank the sponsors of this show without whom I wouldn't be doing this every week. The folks who go to uh, patreon.com slash jackrabbit, that would be my page, and pledge a small amount of money in the... Uh, site just charges a credit card that amount to start every month. So it's really good crowdfunding. We can use some more people if you'd like to join these folks. So please do if you'd like to. And I always mention about five of them this week. I'll mention Kevin Lane Keller, Brendan Kiernan, one of my best friends in the world, Jeffrey Kelson. Hi, Jeff. One of the most valuable contributors to this show, Elizabeth Klesiewicz. Hi, Elizabeth. And Christopher Krikora has been reading Big Takeover since the early 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, those five folks, Kevin, Brendan, Jeffrey, Elizabeth, Christopher, thank you very much on behalf of all the people who go there and the people who send checks and PayPal and Venmo and uh, everything else, you know, Zelle, cash, checks, it all works. And I'm always happy to list them all in every issue of the magazine in the editorial section and in every playlist for this show after it airs here on this station. When the show is archived at bigtakeover.com slash radio, where you can listen to this show over and over. This is actually a really good one to listen to over and over, because this is the creme to the creme, one of those very rare best-of shows I ever do. And you can just skip over these mic breaks. There's a playlist there. I'll tell you what you heard. Simple enough. Well, with that, let's just carry on. The Wedding Present made my 43rd favorite record of the year, which quite surprised me. Not that I thought they were spent force at all, but uh, I'd almost taken for granted what a tremendously consistent and insightful and uh, hooky and intelligent songwriter David Gedges, and his voice still kind of kills me since the first time I heard him in the 80s. If you don't think so, take a look. To it, uh, listen to this song. My 43rd favorite album of the year was called 24 Songs, a collection of the 12 singles Wedding Present released throughout 2022 that came out in 2023. Simple enough. Second time in Gedge's career he's done that. But I think today's Wedding Present is particularly strong, and his uh, songwriting has been kicked a little bit in the butt by having such an excellent band to render these songs. 
But here they are, the wedding present from 24 Songs to kick us off. My 43rd favorite album, this song is called Science Fiction. Anything, anything, anything to stop myself from thinking about you. Yeah, I'd do anything, anything, 
Six minutes in hell.
Closing time. You don't have to go home. But you can't stay here. You want to go uh, check out those postcards? Sure, yeah. yeah.
The countdown continues here on Big Takeover Show on RealPunkRadio.com with your host, Jack Rabb. That's me. I think you got the, the sus of what's going on here, the format. That set we heard my 43rd down to my 38th favorite albums of the year. Can't play the whole albums for you. That wouldn't make any sense. Just one song each. But hopefully the songs that I've picked are representative of the grand grander picture, the grander delights available to you should you purchase or even uh, audio uh, check the entirety of some of those really, really great records. And then, of course, the uh, ninth favorite single and ninth favorite retrospective record of the year. So what we ended there was a band called Falling Stairs. That was my ninth favorite uh, newly released recordings retrospective pick of the year. They put out an album called Life is a Kick Trial, 1988 to 1993, and it really is a shame it never came out with that material when they put out. They are a local New York band. I'm pretty sure I saw them once, in fact. I think had they managed to get their material out um, when they were kicking around here and playing CBGBs in the Pyramid Club and whatnot, they could have made a bit of a stir, although it's hard to say because without you know major label backing or uh, really strong independent label backing, like a really well-connected one, it was always hard to get people to notice what you were doing. No, it's true now, too, but uh, especially back then because uh, unless you were part of a scene that people were talking about, it was just very difficult. You need a really good publicist or something. Well, kudos to Charles McInerney and Three Johns McGrath, McLaughlin, and Rice for at least getting that material out now, so many years later. But wow, is it good, right? We heard Daylight from that uh, retrospective that just came out this past year. Before that was my ninth favorite standalone single or EP of the year. It was a band called Keyside. I don't know that much about them. They are a Liverpool band that reminds me a bit of the laws on some of their recordings. A foursome led by Dan Parker on vocals and guitar. And um, Amazing, that's when I came across, like a lot of people did, <laughs> we premiered that song on our site. So good, good job, Joe Pugsley, for introducing that one, not only to uh, the rest of our readers, but to me. I'll get them from any source I can, including internally. Just keep your eyes and ears peeled, and sometimes really great tunes will come your way. So uh, I'm going to credit Joe Pugsley for that one and whatever publicist pitched Keyside to him. Paris to Marseille, what a great single. Very catchy right from the first time you hear it. They may never make another record that great, or it could be the start of a really incredible career. You never know, but a song is a song is a song, and a really great one's hard to miss. Smug Brothers, before that, gave us Let Me Know When It's Yes from In the Book of Bad Ideas. That was my 38th favorite album of the year. A two-decade-old Dayton, Ohio band led by singer-guitarist Kyle Milton and a drummer in Don Thrasher's Ex Guided by Voices. And I don't need to talk about them that much. I just think their album just totally speaks for itself. That band's got it going. They got the spark. Maybe you heard it on that track. My 39th favorite record is much more nostalgic enterprise. The Green Pajamas have been a kind of 60s psychedelic uh, Baroque pop group for so many, many great years, about four decades worth. And yet they continue to crank out wonderful records, or Jeff Kelly certainly does. Like the most recent one called Forever for a Little While. From that we heard Six Minutes in Heaven. And uh, Elizabeth Klesowitz even did a feature for us on them, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Um, well, she should. That's a band that's been 
consistent for so long. Whereas Turnsole is one of those groups that just sent me their material a couple of years ago, and I checked it out expecting nothing and was really, really impressed. It doesn't happen all the time, and you know, most of the time I just go like, nah, it's, it's pretty good, or it's not that great, or it's good, but not good enough. You know, I mean, it's only one person's opinion, but I'm only looking for the stuff I really, really like, and Turnsole turned, to be, turned out to be what I was looking for. It's always pleasant when it happens. That's Ohio's Eric Bates from the Cincinnati Symphony, uh, Symphony Orchestra. He's a violinist for them, but he makes his own records, and his new one called Thieves is far less orchestral pop than the one that really caught me two years ago called Application. We heard the title track from that, my 40th favorite album of last year. My 41st favorite was Reds, Pinks, and Purples. These days they make my list pretty much every time they make an album because Glenn Donaldson is just an enormously talented singer-songwriter, let's face it. Guy knows what he's doing when he picks up a pen or writes down or records whatever his new song ideas are. That was the title track of his latest one. He records by himself at home, from what I hear. That was the town that cursed your name. His uh, song title is in particular always so evocative. <coughs> Excuse me. My 42nd favorite record was one I didn't see coming. Uh, the people involved are people I greatly admire for a long time. I just didn't know there was going to be a new album by The Small Square. And the last one they had was, what, uh, quite a few years ago. I'm guessing at least a half dozen or so. But uh, that's Paul Chastain from Velvet Crush and drummer John L. Richardson who's played in a lot of people like Tommy Keene and Robert Pollard, Gin Blossoms, you know, Jay Bennett and Wilco, Bay City Rollers. He's, he's been a really solid drummer for a lot of folks, but the two of them makes, make these records together that are kind of velvet crushy and just really good. And it's clear on their new album they miss the late Tommy Keene to speak of him. As you can tell from that song title, that was Can't Let Go, and in parentheses, Oh Tommy, the name of the album is Ours and Others. I would say you should definitely check that record out if you're a fan of that kind of music, as I am. We started that set with number 43. My my favorite record of the year was The Wedding Present. Science Fiction was one of the great singles they put out in 2002, compiled A and B sides as 24 songs. They released two songs every month and then put out this record. Simple enough concept. Well, let's carry on with the show. For this next set, we're going to be hearing... Uh, my favorite album is 37 down to 32. And this time we're going to do two of the standalone singles and EPs and then one from the um, retrospective releases. But uh, my 37th favorite record of the year was from some people that I didn't see coming either, although the people involved are people I greatly respect. The band is called Treasures of Mexico, including uh, Beth Arzi, going back to Jetstream Pony in Aberdeen even further back. Uh, they had an album called Burn the Jets, and this song off that record is called Beaming.
Remember that today's show is part one of two. Today we're only getting down to number 25 and six in the two respective lists we're doing here. You're listening to the Big Takeover Show on RealPunkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jack Rabbit. Hope you've been enjoying this uh, rare look back show where, where I break from the normal formula. As you may know, what I usually do is I refuse to play any song I've ever played for you before to keep myself on my toes and not lean on favorite recordings over and over, but to challenge myself to constantly find old recordings I've not played and new ones. Well, we're totally breaking with that idea today and next week. In fact, uh, the song we heard there, we only heard, what, three weeks ago? Not very long. As I said, there were going to be a couple today that were very recently heard on this broadcast, on this fine radio station and that was one that was so good I had to play it for you again Tobin Sprout there former Guided by Voices second banana to Robert Pollard from the first <coughs> excuse me original days and the original reunion Adam Eyes was the name of that song it's in parentheses piano version because that's the original demo I'm guessing of the song that got done by the full band as a guitar rocker but originally it was one of those very sonorous piano tunes that Tobin Sprout utterly, utterly excels at. Every time he sings something like, um, oh, uh, Water on the Butter's Back, it just makes me want to melt like a puddle. Anyway, Demos and Outtakes Volume 2 is the name of his new release. It's a double album. That song was uh, originally released on 1996's Under the Bushes, Under the Stars, which you know if you're a Guided by Voices fan. The last one that the original days GBV made before they split up and we eventually come back and make a bunch more. 
But uh, yeah, that's my number eight pick for newly released old recordings. And remember, you know, when I'm talking retrospect is I'm talking stuff like that where I never heard that recording until last year. So it felt like a new release to me. Likewise, we heard my number eight and my number seven singles there. Before Tobin Sprout was A.M. Nice. That's not a household name. But every time they come out with an album or single, it always catches my ear. How Does It Feel is the name of that single. Nothing to do with the creation how does it feel to feel or anything like that? But the Cincinnati trio just knocks my socks off with their stuff, and that's another great one there. Right before that, we heard my eighth favorite single, which was Janine's. Janine's have put out two really strong records of uh, songs that really are only between like a minute and a half and two minutes. And the song we heard there each day barely breaks that formula, right? They just keep on going. By they, I mean Alicia Janine and Mick Trouble, the duo that comprises Janine's. And Alicia Janine has a very distinctive voice and a kind of breathless way of singing that makes it seem like she's just as much in a hurry as those very short songs suggest. So uh, Jed Smith, excuse me, uh, Mick Trouble is the band that Jed Smith is in, along with My Teenage Stride was another one he was in some of his projects. But uh, yeah, uh, Jed Smith and Alicia Janine, keeping the quality coming. They did some gigs this year I wasn't able to attend, but I hope to see them soon. Whereas Gaz Coombs continues on, even after Supergrass's reunion has come and gone. They're leaving open the idea of so maybe doing it again someday if it feels right. But uh, his solo career is not that prolific. I think he's only made like four albums. Last year's was called Turn the Car Around. And from that we heard Long Live the Strange. That was my 32nd favorite album. A lot of it sounded kind of Bowie-esque to me, <coughs> which surprises me not because Supergrass had a lot of Bowie in them too. And it's not a bad influence when you think about it, right? As open-ended as that implies. Tombstones In Their Eyes was my 33rd favorite album. Theirs was called Sea of Sorrow. And from that we heard that extremely psychedelic, dark uh, reverberating and um, tantalizing track called No One to Blame. Good job there, John Treanor and Josh Drew, as ever. That record came out back in May, but I'm still playing it, which says all that needs to be said. The Baseball Project was my surprise 34 pick of the year. I should have reviewed that one myself. I let somebody else do it. I can't review them all. When somebody else says I really want to do it, a lot of times I just say, yeah, go ahead. But Grand Salami Time was a really strong record. Um, all of their records are, but this one I particularly liked, I think. And we heard my favorite song off that, which is called The All or Nothings. Not only terrific lyrics, which gets at the heart of some of uh, what baseball fans decry, even with the um, fine little changes they made trying to get some more action. There's just too many strikeouts. Way, way too many strikeouts. Something the game of baseball has not yet addressed, and I'm not sure how they would go about it. You can't do anything about it by like saying where players can play on the field or you know, um, uh, how fast people have to throw a pitch. None of that stuff. You just have to find some way to have people hit the ball more. <laughs> Hard to do with some of the pitching uh, they have these days. Anyway, that's Peter Buck, Scott McGoy, Mike Mills, Linda Pittman, and Steve Wynn. A who's who of uh, 80s era indie rock for sure. That one was written by Peter Buck and Scott McGoy, sung by the latter, and it's just a fantastic tune. Speaking of Guided by Voices, they are also an ongoing modern concern. Uh, nothing slows down Robert Pollard. 
I believe the album we heard in this case, Welsh, uh, Welsh Pool Frillies, is the band's 39th, which is quite a mouthful. Most bands don't even put out 39 songs in their own career, let alone 39 albums. But And we're not even talking about all those solo records and side projects. But uh, Seedling was the track we heard from that, my 35th favorite album of the year. And this is extremely rare for this show. Not only am I playing songs I played before this show, but I played that song for you right before GBV last week. I'm like, didn't I just hear that? You did. Black Watch, or sorry, Black Swan Lane from Georgia gave us Covenant, my 36th favorite album in the year, called Dead Souls Collide. So if it sounds familiar, there's a reason for that. And that set, uh, that set began with my 37th favorite album of the year. Treasures of Mexico's album is called Burn the Jets. We heard Beaming. I did mention Beth Arzia as well. I should. She's one of the prominent members of that band. But I think fans of The Dentists would have complaint with me if I didn't mention uh, Mark Matthews and Bob Collins because they go back to that uh, underrated band along with Russ Baxter on drums and Miss Arzi. So um, kind of a, like under-the-radar supergroup, to use that phrase one more time. But there's nothing funny about what a great record they made there. Well worth your checking out without question. Well, I have one more long set for you where we're going to count down my 31st through 26th favorite album of the year, my 6th and 7th favorite uh, released old recordings and let's see, uh, my sixth uh, favorite standalone single EP. Now I'm going to come back and tell you what you heard, and then we're going to finish with somebody who could sing all lines nine better than me, uh, which also has the benefit of a really, really strong backing track. That would be Naughty Holder. We're going to hear Slade's version of All Lang Syne, uh, combined with a long snatch of the famous song You'll Never Walk Alone to close today's show. So even when you hear me start uh, talking at the end of this set, you should leave it where it is, as Warner Wolf would say, so you can hear Slade uh, close us out today instead of me in my cold-ridden voice. Fair enough? I think that's a good deal. Let's shake on it. Well, let's just get it going here. My 31st favorite record of the year here on realpunkradio.com on the Big Takeover Show, my name being Jack Rabbit, was a record by the great Gryon Chatton, or Grian? I think it's probably Gryon Chatton. He's normally the lead singer of a terrific Dublin band called Fontaine's DC, but he came out with a solo album that did absolutely nothing to slow my wonderful respect and admiration for him, as you'll hear on this next track for sure. The album is called Chaos for the Fly, and this absolutely involving track to show off my 31st favorite album of the year is called Fair Lies. Kindness is a trick to turn you strange Until you're twisted and you're shining like a varicose vein Anger makes you weak and turns you sick And gets you in the six feet nice and quick No fair, they can talk to me I can live alone, I 
Fancy guitar intro. Oh 
just about reached the end of part one of this two-part broadcast uh, where we are counting down my 50 favorite albums in this past year. 
my 10 favorite standalone singles and EPs, and my 10 favorite retrospective releases, which were really new recordings. Unlike some people, I don't treat them as being the same. If somebody made a whole bunch of recordings in the 60s and 70s that came out now, Yes, it is a new release of new music, but I don't see how that really is the same thing as a band that just made a record last year and then put it out. They're very different eras, right? And that is the case right there, for example. I mean, Graham Parsons has been dead since late 1973. It's been half a century since he walked among us. Spectacularly flamed out, never came close to even turning 30. But uh, here's another one of those Record Store Day releases which completely caught uh, my fancy and my imagination, perhaps yours as well. Graham Parsons and the Fallen Angels with an extremely young, extremely unknown Emmy Lou Harris along for the tour to provide backing vocals. They did a version of that famous song, Love Hurts, from an album entitled The Last Roundup, live from the Bijou Cafe, March 16th, 1973, recorded on my birthday when I was turning 11. (laughs) I was completely unaware of uh, Mr. Um, Parsons, let alone Miss Harris, and I didn't live in Philadelphia, so I probably wouldn't have been attending their show even if it was across the street from me, being that I was 11. But, wow, what a great birthday present. (laughs) I just didn't know it. Record Story release came out November 24th, so it's a fairly recent double LP, 50 years after Mr. Parsons' death. Uh, It was first available as a live club performance on the radio, and uh, it's billed these days as the first solo material to be released by Parsons in 40 years. And his daughter, Polly Parsons, his only daughter, was involved with the release, so that seems good. The old Bordaloo Bryant song, the guy who wrote so many, like Roy Orbison and especially uh, Everly Brothers and Georgia Jones and people like that. Uh, the you know, writer, for example, of the greatest known Everly Brothers songs like Wake Up Little Susie and Bye Bye Love and All I Have to Do Is Dream is also the guy who wrote that song, Love Hurts. You may know Nazareth's version or some of the other versions, but that to me is the most haunting, saddest and most affecting version of that song I have ever heard. And that says a lot, given my admiration for the Everly Brothers. <laughs> Very few people uh, uh, admire them more than I do in terms of just being a layman as opposed to studying them for a book or something. Just wonderful, wonderful uh, version. It totally fits his voice. He's totally perturbed, too, at, at the audience not understanding what it is they're hearing, how important it is. But uh, we sure do now, listening to it half a century later. And that was my sixth favorite retrospective album of the year. I'm very glad somebody decided to release that, too. Likewise, the Pernice Brothers came out with their 25th anniversary edition of their 1998 album, Overcome by Happiness, the first album that band put out. Joe Pernice's debut as kind of a solo singer, although Bob, his brother, obviously is involved with a name like that. And it was such a wonderful orchestral pop record. It was lovely that the, I think it was New West is the label, uh, approached Joe and said they wanted to do a retrospective version. And not only did he acquiesce to that, not only did we see uh, two shows in Boston and New York, of uh, the Pernice Brothers backed by a full like string quartet, like a full orchestral version of that album live for the first and only time. But uh, there were bonus tracks on the release, including the one we heard there. That was Dimmest Star, 
and in parentheses, earliest sketch demo. So if you know that song from Overcome by Happiness, that was uh, just probably Joe taking out a tape recorder and setting down a version so to make sure he could remember it when he recorded it properly with a fuller band. And, uh, such stuff is really good bonus tracks, I think, because uh, not only is it a different version, but it recast the song in many ways as a more personable one. So that was my seventh favorite retrospective album of the year. If they had even more bonus tracks, I think that would have climbed a bit because I was always a huge fan of that record. And I did love the live show. My sixth favorite single or EP that was not on some album this year was the Affiliate Links, a group from Hamilton, Ontario. I say group. It's really a guy mostly by the name of Bradley Davis. I met Brad for the first time a month or two ago, and it was an absolute pleasure because he's seen what I've written about him. There's no joke. <laughs> Affiliate links are great. The name of the EP was called Grave Desecrator, and we heard the title track from that. Uh, his uh, studio creations, uh, the work of someone who clearly can uh, put some excellent arrangement skills and uh, full parts to what he's doing. It sounds like a full band to me, or at least... Uh, uh, like he hired a producer and a ranger. <coughs> if you can do that by yourself in the studio, excuse me, then you've got a pretty, very strong talent, I think. And bef- before I tell you what else we heard, I should explain again that when I say standalone EP or single, I'm differentiating on this list from the common single these days, which is where you just pull a track from the album and say it's an emphasis track or it's a single. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to me, that was more properly known as an album track that's released as a single. And for me, it's much more valuable, of course, for a list like this of songs that came out completely on their own as an EP or single that you should pay more strict attention to outside of the confines of an album. Speaking of albums, my 26th favorite album of last year was called Sinfonia, which is a live album between the great... Bradford band going back to the early 80s, New Model Army, with Sinfonia Leipzig, an orchestra in Germany. In fact, that album was recorded at Tempo Drum Berlin on July 15th, 2022, and came out last year. A symphony conducted by Cornelius During and arranged for orchestra by violinist Shuren Yanon. Ended up being a double CD or triple vinyl, I think, but uh, we heard Innocence and obviously in parentheses, orchestral version, a song that goes back to 1990s album by a new model army called Impurity, which if memory serves was their sixth album, I think. They've come out with quite a few since in the 33 years and uh, counting since then, and they've got another one about to come out of brand new material. So long live Justin Sullivan and New Model Army, and what a great idea to do a live show and release it like that, to revisit their long catalog. Hopefully, uh, if I've done nothing else with this radio program in the last nine years is to maybe expose people to groups like that who have been that good for that long, and for whatever reason only have a, a very loyal cult following, but no more. It's a band, if you hear them once, you might well join that cult following. Whereas Cutworms have been kind of getting their own small cult following just on the basis of Max Clark's very strong songwriting. Uh, it's been kind of uh, worming its way out there, if you'll forgive <laughs> if you'll forgive the phrase. Cutworms had a self-titled album out last year. It wasn't their first album, and I always find that confusing. I wish bands would not do that, but they do. 
We heard Ballad of the Texas King from Cutworms when the album came out July 21st from the former Chicago current New Yorker Max Clark and his folks. Emma Anderson was my 28th favorite album of the year. Her first ever solo album from the former star of Lush, one of the two singer-songwriters in that old group. Mickey Berenny has a book out these days and does a lot of solo gigs of sort with her um, husband, Moose from Moose. Uh, it's nice to see Emma hitting the boards with her first ever solo record. Her, she had a band called Sing Sing in between Lush's original days and her more recent reformation for a very short while. But uh, this is her first time without collaborating with anybody. And uh, we did have James Broshide interview her for our brand new issue of Big Takeover, where you can read about so many of these records. Uh, in issue 93 with Slow Dive on the cover, and it was nice to hear what she had to say about this album called Pearlies. We heard Bend the Round from that record. Skymender was yet another one of those groups that just I came across. You know, the publicist sent me a bio, sounded kind of interesting. I checked it out. I'm like, whoa, that's great stuff. A DC shoegazy pop band featuring Cross My Heart guitarist D or S. Dwayne Bruner behind the drum kit. But uh, mostly they're just a great band. If and only is the name of that album, we heard Symbols, and that was my 29th favorite album of the year. My 30th favorite album was Shana Cleveland. The album was called Manzanita, and that was out in March. So you could be forgiven if you didn't remember a record from 10 months ago. But uh, A Ghost, hopefully, reminds you of how good the third solo album of La Luz's Shana Cleveland was. And I got to see that tour. She played here in uh, Bushwick. And we trotted on down to see her, and she was really, really good. Nice little band she had there. We started that set with my 31st favorite album, Gran, uh, Brian Chatton, I'm going to think is how his name is pronounced. And I said the name of the song is Fair Lies. Of course, it could be Fairlies. I'm, I'm not familiar with that word. If it really exists, it might be an Irish word. I guess we could look it up in the dictionary, couldn't I? But there's no, uh, no dispute over what this album is called. It's called Chaos for the Fly. It came out in April from the Fontaine's DC front person stepping out on solo vocals and solo material and also really greatly succeeding much as he does with his band. Now I've got one more song to play for you really quickly. I will say if you wonder how I uh, decide what my favorite albums are, I've used the same thing to rank my records that I review in each issue of the Big Takeover. I base it solely on how many times I play a record. I think everything else is BS. You could be swayed by, you know, uh, being friends with someone or fashion or everyone says you should like something. But I always feel that you're going to cut through all the politics and the fashion and what makes you think like you'd be cool if you liked this record, any of that stuff. If you just pay attention to how many times you play a record because your heart and your brain are never fooled by any of that stuff. If you really like a record, you just keep playing it over and over. Now, I don't sit and make a tally I don't uh, in any way, shape, or form think about it at all. I just, again, I know if I've played a record a lot, and I know if I haven't. If I think, wow, that record's really impressive, but I only played it a handful of times, I guess it's really not doing it for me. If it's not saying, play me, play me, play me, I think we all can kind of understand that. So we don't really have a yardstick. There's no way to really compare Cutworms to New Model Army <laughs> or, uh, you know, uh, 
any of these folks, tombstones in their eyes, what do they have to do with Guided by Voices or Treasures of Mexico or Green Pajamas, for God's sakes? I mean, the only thing that ties them to me is that I like all their records and I just play them a lot. If I went sat down and made a list tomorrow, it would be slightly different. But uh, ultimately, the, the you know, records I like the most are always going to be closer to number one, and uh, the records that I liked almost as much are going to be below them on this list, going as we are. Well, we are going to count down next week, number 25 to number one. Tune in next week to find out what I thought was the best album last year and the five best standalone singles of the year, let alone the 25 best albums and the five absolutely best retrospective albums, even better than the five we heard today. That all is to come seven days from today on the 8th of January. And then after that, on the 15th, we will once again restart the normal show where we'll hear nothing but recordings never before aired on this program over the previous. In that case, it'll be 468 programs. Simple enough. Well, I promised you Slade. I'm going to give you Slade. I don't want to be one of those people who promises and doesn't delivers. I mean, if you're promised Naughty Holder, you should get what you have coming to you. From 1985, from the album Crackers, uh, much better to hear from Naughty and his bunch doing not only the Robert Burns uh, 1788 tune on Begin Today's Show singing, but also a good long snatch, as I said, of that Rodgers and Hammerstein 1945 cover from Carousel that has ended up, instead of being thought of as a show tune, at least in the United Kingdom, has come down as a... Um, Jerry and the Pacemakers cover that ended up getting adopted by the Liverpool Football Club and is known throughout the Premier League as the official song of Liverpool, sung at the end of every one of their games. And a good way to find out if someone's a Liverpool fan is that they just spontaneously break into that song if you say, do you like Liverpool FC? <laughs> and so I will dedicate this song to my son, Jim, who is indeed a Liverpool FC supporter. Bless his heart. <laughs> All the way from Brooklyn. Walks over his friend's house to watch their games when they're on national TV as well. But uh, the primary bit of this song is indeed all Lang Syne from Slade. And with that, I will bid you adieu. My thanks as ever to Jim Santo. He was here the last two weeks being a guest DJ and playing us 16 songs that all came out in 1980. He's a great guy, a massive help to this show. And he posts these shows every week at bigtakeover.com slash radio so you can hear them anytime you like. Again, this is a particularly good one. Go there and do. Just cut out these mic breaks. Just pass on through them and treat it as a 36-song mixtape with playlists there. And I think you'll really have a good time. My thanks is all as well to Tommy in this new year as well. Thanks, Tommy, for running this fine station, BreakthroughRadio.com, for us all. All of us DJs really appreciate you, and hopefully the listeners of all of our shows feel likewise. Thanks as well to the sponsors I mentioned earlier, because without them I wouldn't uh, be doing this radio show every week without question. They make it possible. And uh, and to you for listening, even if you're not one of them, um, I welcome anyone who enjoys this program. It's really fun bringing you music every week, whether in this case playing you old stuff or stuff I've aired before or more usual stuff I've not. And with Slade's All Lang Syne slash You'll Never Walk Alone. I say thanks again for listening. Do come back next week. We're going to get down to the nitty-gritty of the absolute best records of last year. With that, I say so long. Goodbye, thanks for listening, and I'll see you next Monday. Adios.
Should old acquaintance be forgot and never brought to mind? Should old acquaintance be forgot and the days of old Lang Syne? For old Lang Syne, my dear. Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. 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 Merry Christ